Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. With me in the studio today is Minnie Henke from Valley Life Community Church. My man. Good morning, Russ. Yeah. And Ryan Hemfeld from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church. Thank you, Russ. Yep. Good morning. And Jonathan Van Hoogen from Spring United Reformed Church. Good and we have been talking about Advent, Christmas, and today, so everybody in the room celebrates Christmas Advent in some way, shape, or form. We've been trying to stress that we are not trying to bind anybody's conscience. It's not an obligation for you to celebrate Christmas. It's not an obligation for you to be opposed to Christmas. You can wrestle with this on your own and do whatever your conscience allows you to to do or not do. We would hopefully give you have given you some helpful things to think about in your celebration if you do participate in the celebration of Advent and Christmas, things to maybe avoid or to be careful of. But at the same time, we don't want to create false guilt. If you don't want to read a devotional based upon Advent with your family, you don't have to. You don't have to open up an Advent calendar. You don't have to have an Advent um wreath with candles that you light all of that's optional we're giving you opportunities not obligations Mm -hmm. but we think advent can be useful can be beneficial can be helpful and today and tomorrow we're going to just talk through what we think are some of the benefits of advent so i'm going to turn it loose again guys you can jump in and just talk about what where you think the greatest benefits of of Advent are? I think that the great benefit of Advent is the ability to slow down and use the weeks as a a way of just uh, separating from how fast everything is going to concentrate uh, on uh, Christ. Um, There's, you know, we... We live in a, a frenetic season of the of the, when we get to this time of year um, with the Christmas holiday. You know, uh, we I think there's been mention of the fact that you know you you wake up after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. It's going to be Cyber Monday. It's going to be Giving Tuesday, and it's going to you know every day seems to be set aside for something, and you're running out of time to get all that needs to be done. Advent is just a a time to slow down. When we think about Advent, we want to slow down, put our mind, wrap our mind around what Christ has come to accomplish, and that 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 grounds us. Sometimes we can become a slave to our own traditions, to our own calendars, to our own hecticness, and I would just 
want to follow up on what Jonathan is saying and and say no every piece of paper has margins and 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 you need those margins don't mm-hmm. don't write in the margins and during this advent season i would strongly encourage you not to be a slave to the 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 frantic pace that surrounds you there are probably some things that are on your that you've created as a tradition that I know this is going to come as a shock. You can let go. I often say to people, you know, when like in, in my family, we just went on a trip and we said, you know, we want to leave it at seven o'clock. Well, we created that time. So if we don't leave at seven, that was our arbitrary time. There's no, there's no penalty. There, you don't have to feel guilty. We don't have to be mad. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be upset. We created the seven. And we can easily change that to 7.30. That we didn't commit a sin by not following our arbitrary time. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing for the Advent season. Yeah, it's, it's just a time to pause and reflect uh, in, a, in a time period where otherwise, you know, you're, you're drowned out. We're told to be still and know that I am God. There's a certain time of – it gives us the opportunity just to pause um, and put our mind around Christ. And that's so countercultural because mm-hmm. the world is clamoring for us to be busier this time of year, to shove more things in, take more vacations or road trips or just going to the store, buying more stuff, all this do, 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 and then preparing for the day, which allowing this season to have the effect of actually slowing down and being contemplative about what is going on that could provide some rest from the daily bombardment of a call to greater urgency. Yeah. The, the hopeful patient expectation, I think for me is the, is the value. And I think that's what we're trying to, to get to touch on. And in as much as uh, I ask my kids to wait until the day that we celebrate Christmas to open up their gifts, uh, there, there is an element of patience and waiting the nation of Israel waited thousands of years for the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about hopeful expectation as a part of this season and, and not losing that element to sit, be still, and quiet reflection. It's one of my favorite things to do in the in the quiet of our home after the kids go to bed is sit with my wife and just admire the Christmas tree and, mm-hmm. and think about the, the the goodness and the love and the affection that we have as a family and how that's a reflection of the goodness and love and affection that God has shown us together. Mm-hmm. In yesterday's episode, we talked about some traditions that we have as a family, and one of them is, you know, as soon as we get all the decorations up in the home and the Christmas tree up and the lights around it at night, we turn off all the lights and gather around as a family. Usually have a mug of hot chocolate or something and just play I Spy with the kids, Mm. you know, the different ornaments that they see and make a game out of it. But yeah, just that slowing down. All of that to to just say... It's so easy to just get sucked into the tyranny of the urgent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the Christmas carol, but there's a Christmas carol that talks about the stillness. And I I would just strongly encourage our listeners to to allow the pause, to 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 slow down and enjoy the the moments of the season that allow for, as Jonathan was saying, reflection. 
But in order to reflect, there has to be the pause. Mm-hmm. And what kind of plays into this is, Vinny mentioned too, kind of that longing and looking forward to an anticipation, the connection that we do have to, as we mentioned in a previous episode, all of the Old Testament pointing to Christ and how Peter reminds us in First Peter how the prophets of old searched intently and they were urgent, wanting to know more about uh, what the Spirit of Christ was telling them of when the Christ would come, his suffering and his glories. And um, we get to, at this time, look back on what was already completed. So in the element to that is we can, you know, we're, we're looking back on what has already been fulfilled, so there's a great joy in that, as we can look back on the completion of what God's people longed for for so long. But then there's also, too, that the longing that we still have because he's coming again and uh, to make things complete. This idea of patience and longing, as you study God's word, you really get the sense that God is never in a hurry, that the people of God always think that God is late. To quote J.R. Tolkien, a wizard is never late. Mm. A wizard is always on time. And I think J.R. Tolkien is making the point that God's plans are perfect and God is meticulous and methodical and always acts at the right time. Galatians would say that in the fullness of time, Mm -hmm. God sent his, his son. So there's 400 years of silence because the church needed 400 years of silence. Why? I'm not sure. But because that's how God orchestrated the events of church history, I know that that's true, that the church needed those 400 years of silence. And it was teaching that anticipation, that, that patience, that, that longing. And there was already the church in the first century that was wanting the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, uh, no, that's not how it's going to play out. There's going to be a long delay. Well, I think that it's important that we we do learn patience through this because and this is what the church actually in this time of reflection uh it's not just the um you know what i want it's what i need and it's a, it's about it's about going back and recognizing my need for a savior not um my desire for a celebration mm-hmm. i have a need for a savior i have a need for somebody who who forgives me of my sin. I have a need for this Redeemer um, that can make me right with God. And so, you know, one of the reasons why Israel had to wait and others had to wait is, is because they had because they had to understand that there was a punishment for sin. They had to understand that, there, that they had, you know, despised the Lord God. Uh, they, they had to understand those things things and God was using nations and people to get their mind off of themselves and onto him. And you know, we can do the same thing in the season. You know, the 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 culture wants us to get our mind on on everything else on Christ. I I, I enjoy the seasons of uh, you know, I enjoy the fact that all of a sudden, you know, in fact, I'm driving on Sunday uh, to church and uh, you know, the radio was on in the car and I said they're playing Christmas music. And uh, this is something special to me because in the midst of that season, I know that divine 
good news is being uh, shared. It's being shared in song. I know that it's being distributed to the masses, you know, so that those who have ears to hear will hear what God is saying to them. And I and also recognize that in the telling of this, it's also dangerous um, because uh, no one could, you know, particularly in our society, nobody could ever say, Lord, I didn't know. You know, perhaps there's hardly, you know, within secular audiences, they know, they know the songs. Uh, they, they know Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Silent Night. Uh, you, know, you know, they know all these things, and, they, and it's telling the gospel. So I think that Advent has brought a slowness even to our culture, so they'll stop and hear what God is saying to them. And quite honestly, I mean, just to dovetail that just slightly, the, the whole idea of, of the Christmas carols on the radio, I mean, many of the traditional Christmas carols not only talk about the birth of Christ, but also talk about his death, the reason why he came. Mm-hmm. And they are very explicit in their gospel presentation. And it is amazing to me that they still are played so prominently on secular stations. Mm -hmm. Well, you have been listening to The Gospel for Life. We will continue our Advent conversations tomorrow. 